Can I do a little segue about Rami Malek real quick? <laughs> sure. It would cut glass, that jawline. If okay, you and I'm Rami Malek had babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that's Robust. All. Okay. It would be, like, if I, like, you know how mad I would be if that happened and then it was, like, a Simpsons character? Oh, my God. I'd be so pissed. Anyway, we're over it. We're past that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce my friend Rachel Millman to the wonderful world of professional wrestling. What's up? Hello. Hi. How you doing? Good. One of my oldest friends got married yesterday. I was going to say congratulations, but uh, no offense. You didn't really do anything, so. No, it, I mean, he, actually, I did. I did something very important, yeah? which is that I dumped him when we were 15. Oh, okay. So he's single. Good job. So it's actually all because of me. No, it's, it was. Uh, completely because of you, and I'm uh, proud of you to be so selfless as to dump a guy when you were 15. I so know. I really learned married. how to end things. I think that's an important thing for everyone. Um, but it was actually a really lovely wedding, um, and I want to give a quick shout out to a couple friends of mine who are there who have listened to this show oh cool joe and maggie they are mom and dad of sadie good parents i love them and they have been very supportive in my journey into wrestling so i wanted to say hi to them and the rest of my friends so sweet you know um how was your week my week sucked i've been sick all week <laughs> so this was like today was like the first day i'm finally feeling better and then uh, you came to my house to watch wrestling indoors yeah pretty much okay. i mean i was like actually outside today which was like yeah, I really have not been. I've been like a cave fish. Like, I'm going blind. I'm turning pale and translucent. Like, really I'm just like, disgusting. Not just like a mole person no, or a cave like fish. pod people. A cave fish <laughs> is very specific. And I really appreciate the ways in which you try to ex- expand your vocabulary for being a hermit. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I need a lot of ways to describe it because I'm pretty much a hermit. So, the, it's so funny because I do like 9 million podcasts. So when I'm not and doing stand up and stand up. So when I'm not doing any of those, I like don't want to talk ever. <laughs> so I just like sit at home silently and like look at a wall or watch G1 matches. And that's it. <laughs> so you've talked about this before about how I'm kind of the more outward person. Yes. I don't know if you ever noticed this. Sometimes we'll be I if we are at the same party, I will disappear for 20 minutes so I can like sink into my phone. And oh, I 100% do that. Yeah, I recharge and like. I don't know. Sometimes you you re, you can recharge in different ways. You can recharge by screaming. Um, you can recharge by looking at your phone. I need to not even phone. Like I occasionally will just lie down in a dark room at a party. <laughs> like I will 100% do that. I love that. I should do that more. <laughs> it's it's good. It's definitely like after about depending on the group of people after about an hour and a half of like pure socializing, I need to like sensory deprivation tank as much also, as possible the older we get the more we're like this is teen shit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i want to get yeah, away yeah. from it <laughs> yeah well that is like you you become more sort of like able to read the dynamics of groups of people in a way that like makes it less fun to hang out oh god that's really <laughs> true yeah i'm sorry that's grim i feel like this is getting dark about how i like never go out of my house <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, I went to a wedding. Uh, <laughs> well, no, this is you're you're definitely like the more social person. Yeah, and that leads into who we're talking about today, Zach Saber Jr., a socialist, a socialist, <laughs> um, a person that Rachel dragged me to meet at a oh our first I of all you, show. I literally just thought you were doing a pun, <laughs> and I forgot that I physically did that to you. Yeah, you like made me go talk to him because I was nervous because it was it was before we were doing the it was the evolve. Uh, 100 show which I think episode 5 is about my first um, live show yeah so I was like still really nervous about meeting people real heads know yes uh. real heads know <laughs> um, and then we met him and then he was nice and now I'm uh extremely annoying to all wrestlers so that's oh, yeah. we have Zack Sabre Jr. to thank for that yeah thanks Zack uh- so yeah um, we like him a lot uh, I, those- I want to know your like before we did this episode w- how did you find out about Zack Sabre Jr. and what did you think of him? From you and Tim, the first time I watched wrestling, you said, he's a communist, he's hot. And I said, cool. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, yeah. 
Pretty much. He, I, and then I hadn't watched anything of his until we went to that show. Mm-hmm. And I saw him fight live, and he was great. It was a lot of fun. It was my one of my first forays into watching submission wrestling. It's not just because he shares our politics. The reason he is an interesting person to do an episode about is because he's a lot different from a lot of other guys that we study in terms of his technique. Yeah, he wrestles a very specific style. Um sort of influenced by quote-unquote strong style wrestling, which is um, a type of wrestling that sort of originated in Japan in the 70s that incorporates a lot more martial arts stuff and uh, like shoot fighting and, you know, the punches and chops and kicks and things like that are all kind of like quote-unquote strong style. And then there's also British wrestling, which is catch wrestling, catches catch can wrestling is the like long, it's what catch wrestling comes from. But yeah, it's very um, mat based. It's yeah. very technical. It's not um, flashy, high flying stuff. It's a lot of like limb work and trying to get people to tap out or yep. go to sleep, choke them out. So <laughs> I do want to say uh, before we get too far into this, this is if you are uncomfortable with uh, just open horniness or. <laughs> Particularly horniness as it relates to uh, being choked out. This episode might not be for you. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't think it's going to be as bad as the Shayna one. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I should take that back. Uh, So I I know Zach is this vegan British socialist. I have misidentified him as a friend of Corbin many times. But he has a photo with him. He's kayfabe friends with Corbin. He has a photo with him, so he's basically his friend. They're best friends. They're best friends. They hang out all the time. It's fine. When we met him, he said, uh, I'm Jeremy Corbin's favorite wrestler because I'm the only wrestler he knows. So that makes them best friends. best friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just I imagine if Jeremy Corbin came out to like imitate Dustin and Greg to hug him at the end. <laughs> Sorry, that's the last I'll do of that bit. Uh, but speaking I, of the best friends, yeah. the first match we watched was Zach versus Chuck. Yes, Zach versus Chuck Taylor at PWG. Only kings understand each other is the name. Which of the is show. a really funny name. They have really PWG has really good names. So the, one of the big things from this is that like yeah he's this cool guy who's this cool vegan socialist wrestler, but he came out and I was like, oh wait, Zach's a dork. Zach is a big dork ass. You think? <laughs> I like him. I think he's cool. I think he's scary. He's a little demon. He's a pro wrestler. He's a dork. I mean, yeah, pro wrestlers are dorks, like, in general, but I think he's pretty cool. I I know you said we were talking about this before a little bit, and you were like, I don't know how I feel about the jacket. The red jacket is dweeby. You think it's dweeby? Okay, he's so, on paper, you're like, hey, guys, it's the wrestler you've been waiting for. He's cool as fuck. He likes (laughs) socialism. He maybe owns a tracksuit that's fitted. He clearly knows how to wear his pants, and he comes out, and he's in this big, dorky union jack leather like pleather jacket and it's like zipped all the way up and he keeps adjusting his collar like you buddy you're not that cool okay (laughs) i respect your opinion but i disagree because i think the jacket emphasizes his physicality in a really interesting way okay he has i like the black jacket more he has such a pronounced uh, jawline. He has such a big chin and like a really strong jawline and the popped collar I feel like just it like flatters that look so much and I think it looks so cool with the popped collar. Like yeah it's kind of silly that he keeps pulling on it but like I think it's a really cool look and then also he has like the longest legs in the world. He's like a little windy spindly man Yeah. and the fact that he uses these super long legs to sort of wrap himself around his opponents yeah. and like suffocate them like a octopus or a boa constrictor or something I think it emphasizes that and he has like it's like the you know the upside down triangle he has these big broad shoulders and then he has these long long legs I I think the jacket like because he doesn't have big broad shoulders the jacket makes him look like that and I think it's a cool look you may have sold me on the jacket just now Wow. But, I mean, like, I, should, I don't want, I don't want, I, I want us to disagree. I feel no. like this is a good point counterpoint. Yeah, I just, I get yelled at a lot. So, like, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I see your point, And as a person with no a, one yell at Rachel. Oh, no, I should be yelled at for something. Only but, about Tanahashi's hair. Everything don't yell else. at me for that anymore. 
<laughs> I feel like it has stopped being funny for you like oh, ages ago. It stopped being funny a very long time ago. <laughs> I'm trying to roll with it very. And I'm you're do- being a very good sport. I'm. You think you would think. Um, but I was gonna say, as a person with a strong jawline and a strong chin, thinking about it in those terms, I get it a little more now. Okay. Maybe it's because I tried to hide mine to be a little more feminine looking that that's why I didn't respond to it as Mm, much. Interesting. But I don't know. We can unpack my psychology off mic. The match itself with Chuck. And this is a through line through all of these matches. And I don't know if it's my projection onto Zach or what. All these matches are horny. Yeah, so... But they're all different classifications of horny, which I think is very important. That's interesting, because I feel like the way... And this is why I was like, if you're not into horniness, perhaps (laughs) this isn't an episode for you, because I find this style of wrestling extremely horny, especially the way Zach does it. So, catch wrestling, it's a very, like, intimate form of wrestling. It requires... point, and I'm sorry to cut you off... I just think that people, every a, a person, an individual responds to that differently. So sure. that's why, to me, it's different types of, like, it's just different energies from each opponent. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was, like, this style of wrestling in general, regardless of the opponent, requires so much physical contact between the two people. Yeah. That, like it lends itself to a very like intense horny into it's yeah the intimacy of it yeah and also like the how cerebral it is is like weirdly horny to me is like very sexual because it's like zach saber jr knows bodies so well which is Mm. like very sexy he's using that knowledge for evil (laughs) (laughs) but like using that knowledge for evil is also kind of sexy like you know, I'm not going to get too far into it here, but I mean, like it's it's kayfabe sexy. We will say that it isn't always shoot sexy. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And like, I don't think that he's wrestling this way for that reason. Yeah, I think it's just if you are like a certain type of person. <laughs> again, I'm not going to get into it. I just think it it's very like whoa, okay. But yeah, this match with Chuck is definitely. I read as pretty horny. There's some parts where Chuck is like smiling and like asking him to hit him and just like smiling like that while you're like, come on, hit. It's a lot. With it's your, like intense. With all million of your teeth, too. <laughs> That's which, the thing is like he's smiling big with all his teeth and it's like, whoa, okay. Chuck is more, I guess, frenetic is the right word. And Zach is very deliberate. Yes. So to watch them counter that and like a lot of Zach's matches, the opponent is kind of sucked into, okay, I have to do this on Zach's level now, but they kind of counter it. They go back and forth a little bit. It's a little more theatrical just by nature of it being Chuck because he's a very theatrical person. Yeah. But they have the theatrical holds. And like at that, I wrote theatrics and holds and then my notes just said, this is horny. It's very Uh, horny. It's a horny match. Uh, Yeah, I think... um there's some cool stuff here with, first of all, I like that it's uh, Chuck Taylor not in a comedy match because we most of the stuff we've watched is a lot more comedic. Yeah, we watch a lot of comedy matches with him and he's a good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, he mostly does comedy matches because that's like what he sort of specializes in. Mm-hmm. But he can wrestle. Yeah. And this is like clearly him. There's some funny stuff in it, but it's not a comedy match. It's like a legitimate wrestling match. Yeah. He pile drives him in the first like minute of it, which yeah. is crazy. Their opening thing is really cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's a it's fun. It's really fun. Well, I mean, it's a PWG match, which I as far as I have come to know in my tutelage, it's it's rare that a PWG match is not a fun time. It seems like it, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I don't know if you caught it at the end, but uh, Chuck did Trent's move at the end. He did his finisher, which is called a crunchy, which is like, I was just like, aw, best friends. <laughs> well, and then Greg comes out at the end. Yeah. Greg fact, Greg comes out at the end. He comes out at the end. I like, I, I appreciated that you guys told me to hang out at the end for Greg and you didn't warn me about Marty at the end. Right, then Marty comes out. Marty yeah. comes out and like, I wrote down that he's wearing no socks with his shoes and it's awful. And an audience member screams about the shoes at him immediately. It's funny that you mentioned Marty coming out because 
Marty and Zack Sabre Jr. used to be a tag team. Oh, no. Back in England. And Rachel oh, can see me no. about to Google something. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, you're going to get to see a fun picture that we will put in the episode notes. Because oh, is he doing a steampunk shit? Or is one, is one of his juiced? Or... You'll see. Do I want to? Oh, okay, God. so their their tag team was called the Leaders of the New School, <laughs> and they wrestled, I believe, in like progress. Oh boy! And uh, it was back when Marty was Party Marty, okay. and not Marty Skrull. And uh, I'm just gonna bring up a couple picks. <laughs> so this is Zack Saber Jr. and Party Marty as a team. Oh, the leaders of the new school. Jesus Christ. Well, we didn't talk about Zach's old hair, which is... You haven't even seen the real old hair, which I'm about to scroll up oh and boy. show you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know how I said earlier that he looked like he was in that emo band, like, Hello Goodbye? Yeah. With, it's, it's even worse now. He looks like he's in a Taking Back Sunday cover band. He had terrible emo hair. Yeah, he had severe, like... There's an there's a problem here. You'll see it. Emo hair. There's it's a helmet. It's oh, really bad. Oh. <laughs> Zach. I mean, of course of course he would go from having that hair to being like a cool internet communist once he's Completely. 30. Completely. Yeah. That yeah. is the hair of someone who is about to be a socialist. <laughs> like no question. Or they become a bitcoiner. It's one or the other. <laughs> But yeah, the hair is pretty bad, I have to say. But Marty comes out at the end. They heckle his shoes. But now that I know that, it wasn't just like, well, it's the two British guys. Might as well make them yeah. be with each other. <laughs> There's a background to it. But then Greg comes out and it's very romantic. It's very romantic. Thank God. Thank God for romance, really. <laughs> That's what I was saying when uh, Chuck was getting hit in the face, too. Yeah. <laughs> and smiling and getting... Uh, Zach does this thing a lot where... Um, a lot of wrestlers do it where like before he's about to elbow his opponent in the face he will sort of like grab the guy's chin and it's like it's very tender it's sort of like to like sort of place it where he wants it yeah but it's very again very intimate very very intimate in a non-intimate version is like when i'm getting my eyebrows threaded and the lady taps the hair that she's going to get next before she does it <laughs> it's just and then they yell at me uh for flinching um <laughs> so zach wrestled in pwg for a while and he trained in he trained since he was a teenager right yeah so he wrestled in a bunch of promotions before now he is on a full-time contract with new japan pro wrestling yeah before that good for him yeah yeah, yeah too. awesome um before that, he wrestled in England in a bunch of promotions, and then he did, yeah, he did some American indies like PWG. He wrestled for a long time in um, Pro Wrestling Noah, which is another Japanese um, promotion. I've heard of that one. Okay. And then, yeah, he was sort of part-time in, in Japan, and then now he's he's full-time in New Japan. So um, he's kind of, for most of the time I've been watching him at least, he, he's had kind of the same character, and I think his character is really fun because... It's clearly just based in him being like a really smart, funny person. Yeah. And then again, like I said about his sort of knowledge of human anatomy, it's just him using it for evil. Yeah. It's just the same sort of like, he just roasts people. He's yeah. just like kind of a dick and it's great. It, it well, works so well for me. I think he's legitimately really funny, not yeah. wrestler funny actually funny <laughs> for me because he was introduced to me on the parameters of you like him he's like you it for a little while for it was genuinely difficult to see him as a villain because he's so shoot likable but he's a gremlin so at finally they finally got me to be like no you leave him alone start being nice to people what are you doing? Uh, but it took me a little while to get there. So that's been like a fun journey in terms of, okay, time to adjust to the character instead of just saying, here's what I like about him, so I'm going to root for him. Right, because he has the same politics and he seems like he likes kind of the same stuff we do. He yeah. has like good taste. Like he likes cool shoegaze and like, like Jeremy Corbett. <laughs> yeah, and he used to live in Greenpoint. That's a, that would actually be a downside if we knew him because then I would have to go to Greenpoint. Um. <laughs> but yeah, and also every wrestler we've talked to is just like, oh, he's the best. He's so fun. He's like yeah. really fun to party with. Yeah. Like he's great. It's like, no, no, no. We have to we have to suspend our disbelief that he's an asshole. Because it is, It's he's the same guy. He's just you know the dark version i guess but what i do in like about him being a heel is that 
in he could be a heel because he's a British socialist, but he's just a heel because he's evil and they don't have that that doesn't really factor into him being a bad guy. Yeah, no, he's just mean. Yeah. He's smart and mean. Yeah. Like uh LB said it perfect, I think. We were talking about uh Zach a while ago and they were like, he is funny because he's smart and he's scary because he's smart. Yeah. Like it all comes from the same place. Yes. It's all it's, it's all the same. It's it's he's so cerebral in how he wrestles mm-hmm. and in, you know, how he talks. He sounds like a smart dude. Yeah. He's just being a dick. He calls himself like the Brian Eno of professional wrestling. Oh. Or like just <laughs> bullshit like that. Like he's he had this whole promo about like, oh, I, I fight with my brain and a hatred of the British conservative. Yes. Party. It's such a good one. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. So uh, the next thing we watched was Drew Gulak uh, and Zack Sabre Jr. in the Cruiserweight Classic. And this is really interesting to me because, so two years ago now, WWE had this tournament called the Cruiserweight Classic. And it was basically like all of these sort of light, like junior heavyweight, lightweight, heavyweight uh, wrestlers in a tournament. Yeah. And that tournament ended up... uh, being sort of the foundation for the show 205 Live, which is the WWE Cruiserweight show oh. of all people who are 205 pounds and under. Okay. I also, this is one of the few times that WWE acknowledges the indies existing, right? Yeah, the fact that they had a tournament with people who were not signed is like pretty interesting to me. I don't know when the last time they did that was. Um, they did it with the May Young tournament too, which was the women's version of this yeah. kind of. Um, but before that, I, I don't know when the last time they did it. So, you know, they were a, sort of a crop of uh, up and coming indie wrestlers, some of whom had already signed and were in developmental, and then some who, you know, it was kind of a tryout. It was kind of a, yeah. Let's see, let's see what you got. You yeah, know? and I actually watched and watched the introduction of the roster for the 2016. Mm-hmm. CWC and like Johnny Gargano's in there, yeah. Tommaso Ciampa's in there, uh, Mustafa Ali is in there, mm-hmm. um, and like some other guys from the Indies and stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah. this is actually something. Once we're done recording this episode, I'm probably just gonna go watch this, just because. And we're gonna get into this further. It's really interesting to see these guys who I have seen in an indie in, in an independent framing like we saw them in at Laboom, we saw them in new orleans and we see them on new japan it is very interesting to see it reframed through a wwe production values context yeah and that's one of the things that we both loved about this match and came to loving independently yeah so i want to give a little bit of background on the on what happens with the cruiserweight yeah um before before we go on so it is it it starts as this tournament and then it eventually sort of forms the foundation of of 205 live with all these guys and it's pretty clear that they're like drew gulak is on 205 live now yeah so and he loves the rules and he loves the rules and it's the best (laughs) um it's pretty clear that from the beginning the two competitors that get sort of the biggest crowd reactions are Zach and Kota Ibushi. Oh, yeah. And when they introduce them, they hold them towards the end. Kota's actually the last introduced. Yeah. He's probably the biggest name on this um, thing. Like, the fact that they got him for a WWE event is like, holy shit. Like, that was a big deal. Isn't there a story from this where, like, Vince was backstage for this and Kota didn't know who he was, so he high-fived him like he would, like, a lowly PA? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love him. That's the story. I hope it's true. I it's want so it. funny. Don't ever tell me it's not, you know? <laughs> like, the fact that... Well, also, it says a lot of Kota that... I mean, he probably didn't treat him rudely, but the fact that he was, like, polite to a PA. Yeah. And, like, PAs basically get paid to get yelled at, and they get paid very little. So... <laughs> It's That's just, yeah, cool he's not him. sucking up. Yeah, he's, he's just, not he sucking didn't up to suck everybody. up to him. Oh, Mr. McMahon, so nice to meet you. Right. Like, just good. Shit. <laughs> God bless you, Kota. But uh, yeah, we both, we both um, ended up talking about the uh, production of this in our, in our notes, seeing um, these guys who, you know, I've watched a fucking billion blurry YouTube videos of Drew Gulak wrestling people and yeah. like, you know. <laughs> Uh, seeing it in in this sort of high production value is really cool, but WWE camera work is n- is usually way shittier than it's this. Like notoriously choppy. Yeah, and this I thought was actually produced really really well. Oh yeah, and it had it has to be because it's this big push for Zach. 
because uh, like they're they talked about how like there's this British wrestler with beautiful cheekbones and that they have to like push him very well and they need to do that for his style of wrestling and there's this gorgeous slow crane shot in it that I immediately was like oh I if WWE were shot like this all the time I feel like there would be a lot less not a hundred percent less problems with it but the we one less thing to complain about with wwe yeah it would make it a lot easier to watch yep i get like vertigo from how much they cut in, yeah in main event stuff particularly just there's so much shaky cam there's so much snap zoom yeah. and you really don't need it because you're watching something that is itself incredibly athletic and action-packed you don't need the camera to be doing that work and i also have to say that like a snap zoom when employed like sparingly really pops more like like the press conference for the g1 just happened and that snap zoom zoom on evil saying everything is evil because we're not used to that it like immediately like hit a lot more i mean okada's rainmaker pose is a snap zoom and it fucking rules yeah exactly (laughs) exactly yeah it's not that that is an inherently bad camera technique it's just that wwe is so committed to over handheld (laughs) with a snap zoom and it's just jarring and it takes away from the action whereas this for by wwe standards is very restrained i also think that that helps this so much and you kind of touched on this just a minute ago um this style of wrestling so it's drew gulak and zach saber jr who are both mat wrestlers they're both primarily submission based they're not high flyers yeah which in a cruiserweight competition is also very interesting because most people when you think cruiserweights you think all the flips and stuff yeah so two guys who have like a very different style than most of the other people in this tournament and they're wrestling each other and this type of wrestling to me i don't love seeing live i i think that when you have a a match or two like this on a card great it's something different it has a very different pace to it than a Mm -hmm. lot of um high-flying stuff and that's cool that helps kind of break it up but it's not the most fun for me to watch live it is i think one of the only types of wrestling that I think looks better when filmed than uh, it does in person. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just my I mean, preference. This is, this is very well filmed and we keep going back to that, but it's just, it's true. It's well done. I enjoyed watching it. And it's also just the structure of the match itself because, you know, he's the submission magician or whatever. The submission, <laughs> no, he's the submission, not he's who, which one is the submission magician? That's Zach. Zach is a submission magician because he, they say, he, they, I don't know whose line it is, but we watched the promo that they have him do for this. And it is very stupid, in my opinion, (laughs) because they're trying to get him over as a face, which you talked about this. You like him as a face. I just think he's so much better as a heel, but they, regardless, he says, Harry Potter isn't the only wizard in England. And I go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, it was Harry Potter's not the only wizard from Great Great Britain. And then he gives this very slow, deliberate, like horrified blink. Like he's mad that he has to say I it. hate it so much. I think it's so stupid. It's really funny because it's so stupid. <laughs> and it's also, it's it really, it's driven home by the fact that he's wearing a tap out shirt clearly over his regular shirt. Yeah, they clearly just threw it like this is our sponsor asshole put this on (laughs) good for him good for him for being a shit it's very funny um and then he says that and he gives this very like like there's a very passive aggressive blank (laughs) right after he says it and i laughed i want to believe you because i don't want to believe that zach saber jr thought this would be a cool thing to say no i really hope he didn't no it's <laughs> such canned dialogue that it's really jarring he's like i'm just here to represent england it's so boring it's like this is so not what That's makes him a fun character yeah. yeah and it, granted like he's somebody who i like his character a lot but like i'm he's more like a straight pure wrestler like yeah. you, you don't need a ton you know he's not like an amazing amazing promo or anything yeah. he's a promo that speaks specifically to our demographic and that's why we like him yeah but like, it's fine whatever he, he says corny stuff he's still you know this yeah. match is still amazing it's this not just great by it. and i mean i do think that the story behind this what happens after this match was interesting too just because wwe wanted to sign him and he said no yeah so it basically as i touched on it seemed like Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. were meant to be 
the finals of this and the foundation of their new cruiserweight division. And both of them rejected uh, WWE's offers. So, And they're still stars, so good for them. Yeah, totally. But that was clearly supposed to be the final. And then sort of halfway through the tournament, WWE realizes, oh shit, these guys aren't going to sign. We can't have them win. And so who the guy who wins is a guy named TJ Perkins, who everyone hates. <laughs> Because he's like he's like a Reddit libertarian who dabs. He sucks no! so much. Everyone no! hates him. So and to be fair, I feel bad for him because they have him win, and he's clearly like not ready to like be the face of this division. Like he's just not. You know, he's like young. He's he's not like ready to do that. And uh, it's but yeah, it's the reason that happened is because they were like, oh fuck, we thought we could sign these guys, and uh, we can't. We can't. So. Well, because Zach and Kota are too fucking cool, man. Well, I think it's also probably like maybe Zach was considering it, and then they made him say that Harry Potter line, and he went, <laughs> "Oh no, no way, uh uh-uh. uh, I'm not, I'm not doing Kavifi shit, man. Bye, <laughs> I'm out." <laughs> It's very possible. I like. I like. I want to go back cannon. and. That's I, my head cannon. I want to go back and watch that promo and just like look for that in his eyes because I oh, bet you can find the moment. They're dead. They're dead eyes. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> we should probably talk about the actual match itself. I really like this. I think it's cool to see Zach wrestle another wrestler who specializes in a similar style. Yeah, and. It's it's fun to see because I find Drew to be so likable that even, I, like I know he's a heel but he's a different type of heel here because he's not a heel who's like who who's ready to love the rules he's rude to him he's mean yeah he he makes great angry faces yeah um, yeah he does uh it's just it's a good finish too like it's yeah especially for WWE it is just a well structured match yeah it's nice to see these two because. Um, I feel like, again, it's the minimal production and everything. It's just 15 minutes of really solid, good wrestling. Yeah. And that is like hard. We don't, the, the promotions that we watch, usually we're watching like really good wrestling that's like long. Yeah. Or short matches that are like full of fuck finishes and goofy stuff. Yeah. And I like both of those, but it's nice to see like, nope, you can have a 15 minute match that's just a fucking clinic and it's great. And again, I think the reason I like seeing this on film more than live is because it's so, um, it's so technical that it's like you get to see the way that their bodies are like, they're sort of wrenching each other's limbs and there's everything. It's li- so dynamic. There's it's so interesting. There's a spot in it where he like just wiggles out of it yeah. completely. And it's I great. loved it so much. It's just, <laughs> it's fun. And then it ends with the announce- announcer saying, heartbroken gulak, which I just loved. He looked very sad. He did look very it's sad. It's okay. He's doing great. He loves the rules. I know. <laughs> We're happy for him. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre Jr. Cruiserweight Classic Final never happened uh, because they decided not to sign for WWE. Good but for them. <laughs> good for them. Thankfully, we get Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kota Ibushi matches in our beloved New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yay! So that's the next thing we watched. Um, when I planned this episode with LB, we were going to have you watch Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. in the G1 last year, but... Um, like two days ago, as of this recording, last week, as of when you're hearing this, they met again in this year's G1, um, and we watched that match instead. And it, it was good as shit. It was super good. It was super horny. Oh, wow. Like, we, we it's just kind of mounting levels this entire time. You th- Yeah, do you, I, do you feel like they've escalated in horniness? No, actually, I think the least horny is Drew Gulak. Second horny. Sadly for me, I agree. I would have liked it to be hornier, but... Listen... As the Rolling Stones said, sometimes Drew Gulak matches aren't horny. Um, <laughs> At least I'll always have his Instagram. So <laughs> We'll always have Instagram. Uh, so I think it's Drew Gulak, I think it's Chuck, and then I think it's Kota. I just... And then I think the horniest t- thing is him wanting to take a shit in Naito's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had Rachel watch um, a couple of the New Japan Cup promos. We watched the saga of... Zach getting pissed off that Naito looks good in hats and he doesn't because he has a tiny head. <laughs> Maybe that's why he doesn't like Drew Gulak either because he has a cowboy hat thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so there's that and then yeah he's gonna pee in the hat and then he's gonna shit in the hat and, and then, then he's gonna pose nude with the hat and the, <laughs> and the cup and yeah the cruiser wig <laughs> also i have to say that trophy ugly as fuck very ugly sorry all the new japan tournament like trophies are ugly i don't like the best of the super juniors one uh, it looks cool with Hiromu. It looks cool now that Hiromu and Naito have broken it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, G1 trophy is ugly, too. They're all ugly. I don't know. It bugs me I out. don't know. The one from the Zach's trophy is insanely ugly. Yeah, that's a New Japan Cup. It's so stupid. The New Japan Cup <laughs> is it's filthy. I dislike it. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, he gives that promo right after he wins where... Uh, he's he's like has this big giant cup and then uh taka michinoku who's like his hype man in uh japan who's the one who just goes just tap out (laughs) just like awesome i fucking love it um he hands him a beer and it's like a not a cold beer and zach like throws a fucking temper tantrum (laughs) it's so good (laughs) he's so funny anyway i hope he didn't actually shit in the hat (laughs) (laughs) he did beat naito that was on the original draft of this uh of this episode guideline too was him versus naito for the new japan cup um i'll watch it afterward yeah that's That's gonna be on the extended extended reading the extra credit assignment for wrestling this week is that match um but yeah no we watched uh abushi versus zach and uh it was great it was wonderful it was very intense it was very horny i knew it was gonna be good because i know both of these guys are good because i've seen them wrestle i wish i could have a more academic like oh well they're submission holds (laughs) no i've just i've seen them and they're good and they're good for different reasons and they're good together like i felt very lucky for this episode because it's all guys that i know of and i it's all guys that i know put on a quality match and like you can be the world's best wrestler but if you're with a guy who's not matching your energy then it could blow sure um and sometimes you're with someone that you have to put over and like none of these matches no one has to put anyone over nobody's carrying anybody else yeah yeah they're just like and there's nothing wrong with being carried like we gushed about velveteen dream on our patrons only episode yeah uh and he's carried through a lot of those and it doesn't stop them from being good but like it's just it's just like a different elevation of that sort of talent so it starts off great just immediately into the submission holds and stuff into the big holds with the hands um and then they say he has a phd in submission which i thought was insanely funny and like don Callis is so funny i love him i really do he's so fucking stupid and it makes me laugh so much like he just has like the best like dumb guy intonation and he's like He's so, and it's like, it's a character. Like, I know he's not like, shit, yeah, that's a work too. It's, he's, he's like the dumb heel announcer, but like, he gets so enthusiastic about the stuff that he's like wrong about. And it just, I love it so much. Who among us doesn't (laughs) love that? I have to say. And like, he gets very horny during this Oh, he is so horned up for both of them. Like, it would already be a very horny thing to watch but like commentary helps guide your journey and like he takes it right down like dom sub alley (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because like don Callis, people used to complain because he was super horny about the female talent in new japan that's a valid complaint and yeah it was a totally valid complaint but somewhere along the line he decided instead to be super horny for the male talent and everyone's like hell yeah dude like everyone's into it now it's like not a problem it's very funny i love equality Uh (laughs) yeah they're like stop talking about like yujiro's uh valet's ass don't do that keep talking about fucking Ibushi's oaken thighs like that's fine we love that yeah we've glowed <laughs> this is this was a match for me that like we have glowed about his back before several times and will again in the future as a heads up to all involved his legs really like are on fire in this match and I loved it well yeah and again his I think this is why so built I think this is why I see this type of wrestling as like more sort of erotically appealing is because it's such a like display of the body like it's a physical flex yeah it's more so like flippy stuff is look what I can do and I feel like this is again the aesthetics of like getting somebody sort of stretched out and like in this like impossible contorted hold is like 
so beautiful in a really different way. And on if you go to Zack Sabre Jr.'s Wikipedia page, one of his listed nicknames is the Hunk Killer. And I feel like he when he goes up against a hunk, it's always like really cool looking because it's like, look at this insane body getting like contorted into all of these weird uh, positions. I mean, this might be a little too on the nose horny, but there's a shot in this episode where Kota's arms are up. And if he were like vertical, it would look like he was just fucking someone yeah like, totally like, it just there's a couple there's a few in the beginning where zach sort of like jumps on coda and pins his arms to the mat and it's it like looks like it sex. looks like yeah missionary like they're face to face like it's very that and then yeah there's another one later where that looks like butt fucking it's like it's a lot oh oh i know exactly which one you're talking yeah. about and i said holy shit out yeah. loud uh and like it also because of the commentary and because of the style of wrestling being a lot more technical it felt like i was watching olympic commentary on two people having sex yeah <laughs> and like i i would watch don Callis commentate pornography i feel like that would be very only funny. softcore only softcore <laughs> yeah i don't want i don't want to associate anything about don Callis with like actual sex but like but i also want to like put a caveat on this because like i know there's sort of like a, hey there's more to this than just you being horny absolutely about it. absolutely it is a good match it's i love it i love that there's it's so easy to go down a road of oh we faked out a pin we faked out a pin oh we faked out a pin oh we faked out a pin and this match isn't that and it speaks to what you said about the g1 which is that you like that it's 30 minutes it has to be well structured and it's a it's just good. Like, you really don't know who's going to win. Yeah, they do the false finishes well in this because I get tired. And I just complained about this. So the match that followed this on the show was Omega versus Naito. And it's great. It's a really good match. I highly recommend everybody watch it. I'll probably watch it once we're done recording. I just, my problem with it is that there's 9 million V-triggers in it, which is Kenny Omega's running knee. Oh, and yeah, you issued this hot take. I did, and I'm just, I, I'm tired of the finisher fest. Like, the just, like, you hit your finisher, I hit my finisher, you hit your finisher, I hit my finisher, I hit my super finisher, then it's over. Like, it's not a finisher if you're doing it a million times. That doesn't count as a finisher. Yeah. And everybody says, like, WWE is worse about this. I know that. I'm sorry to be delivering a hot take. The point of me saying all of this is that what this match does that is very interesting is its false finishes are not built on finishers. They are built on counters. Yep. So it's, I'm setting up and then you have a counter and then you're setting up and I have a counter. So it's them sort of attacking each other, rolling through. And that's the thing that Zach does so unbelievably well is he can get somebody into a submission hold before you, the viewer, can even figure out what's going on. Yeah. He will, he will catch somebody's limb in a way where you're like, oh, when what he, the fuck? When he caught, we, we watched that twice just because it's one, what the fuck? Two, it's beautiful wrestling. Yeah, when he catches Coda's uh, leg when he jumps. Yeah, yeah. it's There's great. a couple, and there's one in the Gulak match too. Like, there's just a few places where he either, yeah, he can catch somebody in midair like that or they're, the opponent is coming at him and all of a sudden before you even know what happened he's in a fucking Boston Crab and you're like how did he do that there's only one where it's slightly foreshadowed but it works for me which is that Kota pulls down his knee pad and you're like he's not getting that leg in right away he's gonna have to fight for it (laughs) but it's done well and like he's a little Zach is a little demon who like attacks the leg and stuff and there's a lot of uh, leg attacks and it actually kind of made me generally appreciate those kicks more because yeah you I see I am fortunate enough to watch a lot of live wrestling now so you see these kicks live and you're like oh that's cool he's kicking him a lot but (laughs) they're talking about like these men are gonna get charlie horses from it it makes you go like oh yeah it's not isn't just that he's being kicked and it hurts it's that it's a specific action that's happening in their muscles, in their body. Yeah. So that was really like, oh, yep, something just came together for me. And it's odd that it came together for me this late in the journey, but like, whatever, I'm learning. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what good commentary does. Yeah. Is it, it helps, like, it makes what you're watching better. Yep. It puts over the product. Like, that's 
that's good commentary. Um, there's a few other things like that in the commentary. Like there's one part where Zach is uh, hitting Kota Ibushi's left leg and Kota Ibushi kicks with his right leg. So you're like, why is he attacking his left leg? And the commentary says, Zach's very smart. He's hitting Kota Ibushi's left leg because that's the base that he stands on when he kicks with his right leg. That's so smart. And it's like, I don't know if that's fucking the reason for it, but like you saying that makes me go, ah, he is smart. And that helps me because <laughs> that's his character. Is yeah. that he's like a very cerebral wrestler. If it were WWE, they'd make him wear glasses in the ring to make you know <laughs> that he's smart. <laughs> um, another thing I wrote down when we were watching this was that um, Zach, when Zach wrestles, he just looks like he's doing yard work or something. Like he's so, like he's tired. Like he looks annoyed that he has to do this to you to make you learn a lesson. He's like, he's tired, but he's not flustered. Like he's so calculating and it's awesome. It's whatever, you know, and I don't know how they plan these matches or whatever, but like, Sometimes when people have a sequence, it's like, there's no way you could have known that ahead of time. You clearly talked about this and rehearsed it. Like, you dodged a punch that there was no way you could have seen coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. With Zach, I feel like he does it. All of his counters are so cool, but they're still believable. They're still like, it's not... It doesn't seem rehearsed. It just seems like he's really smart. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's rooted in reality in a way that not a lot of other things are. And it's okay for other things to not be rooted in that. Sure, I love yeah. it. It's fun, you know? Like, we we enjoy watching the Bucks. But yeah, no, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different styles of wrestling that are entertaining to me. But if you're going to do this style of wrestling, like, he's really good at making it seem very yeah. believable. And that's really cool to me. It's also very funny when he acts stunned by something. <laughs> yeah. Because, A, he is good at it. But they do this zoom in on him just like blank faced with like slack jawed like (gasps) somebody got me. Uh, (laughs) But he's I I just he's enjoyable and I'm just very happy that we got to explore him after knowing about him for so long. I feel bad for every other catch wrestler in the world that they have to compete with him because he is so good. And Another thing I wanted to say about his style that I think is very interesting is that he's definitely a submission wrestler. Like last episode, we talked about Shayna Baszler. Um, Spoiler alert, next week, we're going to do an episode on um, Minoru Suzuki, Mm. who are all three of them are submission wrestlers. But Zach, I think, is a little different in that we watched Shayna and Ember, right? And it's an arm bar. And that's the whole match is an arm bar and she's holding her arm and it's the tension of will Ember tap out or not? Or like, you know, she puts her in a headlock. Is she going to go to sleep? Is she going to get out? You know, with Zach, all of his holds are so dynamic. He keeps tying his opponent in more and more knots. He never stops. Yeah. And it makes it so exciting to watch in a different way. Because again, it's just this spectacle of this like constantly contorting body. It's really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's a boy scout of your arms (laughs) with like the knot tying course. (laughs) But I do agree in that it brought a new silhouette to it that I hadn't seen before and Mm. a new form of like watching him just keep moving and going. Like he doesn't just hold you there and wait. And again, it's fun to watch. I'm not dissing this. But you, you're not, it's not just like watching somebody be stuck in a Boston Crab and being like, ow, no! Yeah, it's, it's a just, different, the tension comes from a different place. Yeah. It's not like better or worse, but he wrestles a style that I think is very unique. I don't see a lot of people who Matt wrestle like this, who do those kinds of dynamic, it's like he's constantly sort of climbing around you. I mean, yeah. someone did this really cool fan art of this Koto Bushi Zack Sabre Jr. match and it's it looks like one of those old um, like Edo period woodblock prints of an octopus uh, with its tentacles wrapped around Kota Ibushi. And I, it's so cool. I think about it like a tree vine growing yes. very quickly. Yeah, he's basically Slender Man. Okay. Yep. <laughs> if he were in WWE, they'd make him be a spider. Yeah. Yeah. He's a spider. He's like <laughs> he's just everywhere all at once. Yeah. Which again I think is like very sexy. <laughs> like just that like it's pretty hot. imagining that sort of like he's just all around you all the time. Like oh. he's just like climbing I, everywhere. I forget which 
match it was where somebody was screaming and he just covered his opponent's mouth <laughs> and i think there was a collective like whoa <laughs> online when it came out it's very good anyway <laughs> zach is a horny horny wrestler he is <laughs> and he's we- like too cool to be horny like i don't think he knows i think he's just like that sexy I think he knows. You think he knows? I think he knows. I think he knows he's a cute little... I think anybody who had that hair, that big swoosh... The big emo hair? The big emo hair knows, like, whether or not they're being deliberately horny. <laughs> that is my take. <laughs> that is... that is. I issue that take. I guess I'm, I'm saying that because, like, I feel like Zach is not... Like, I think he would be uncomfortable listening to this episode. I disagree. All right. All right. I think I think a man who holds his principles should be okay with us <laughs> sexualizing acad- him academically discussing his sexual tension with Kota Ibushi, which is very palatable. This is this is a, a true <laughs> hunkology episode, I think. Um, we should get the stamp of approval before we say that though. To be fair. I th- I just think it would make him uncomfortable. I wouldn't want him to listen to this. Zach, if you're listening, you've already heard all the worst parts, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I don't actually think we went that far. All right. This is my take. It, it doesn't <laughs> have to be your take. This is mine. Uh, it's just, I, I'm happy we did the Zach episode. Yeah, he's rad. He's like one of the only wrestlers that I feel like if he wasn't a wrestler, I would still think he was a cool person. <laughs> yeah. He, there are wrestlers I think are cool, but I feel like if they were just normal people, I'd be like, all right, you're f- like, I'm not super interested to like, be your friend yeah <laughs> you know yeah we i would ask you who those are but that's no, probably no. a bad idea it's fine it, it's, <laughs> i just like i there are wrestlers that i really like as people that the only thing we have in common is wrestling yeah whereas like zach it's like i feel like i actually would ha- be able to have a conversation with you yeah. about other stuff like you seem like an interesting person in a different way definitely i'll put it that way yeah 100 <laughs> percent. like every story we've heard is that he's a good person to party with he's good to hang out with you can meet him in a bar and have a good conversation uh i let's end this on a fun uh this isn't a Greg fact, but it is a cat fact. From it's from Poppin' Dogs and Talking Hogs, so I feel like it kind of counts. Which I can't remember who it is, but someone was telling a story about how they went after a show. Zach really wanted to go dancing. He like really wanted to go to a club, and I think it's Ricochet, but I might be wrong. I was like, fine, I'll go with you. And they were the only two people that went, and Zach danced the entire night. <laughs> And the, the, whoever he was with was just, like, sitting there, like, drinking, like, can we go? <laughs> and Zach was, like, fucking cutting a rug until eight in the goddamn morning, just dancing. Zach like, is me at ladies' night. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I, they made a point to be like, he wasn't, like, dancing up on anybody. Like, he wasn't trying to, like, he just really wanted to go dancing. He had to get that energy out. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I think that's a very heartwarming story. What a joyful energy to end on. <laughs> yeah. Um, as always, we are WrestleSplania on all of the sites, and you can support us at patreon.com backslash WrestleSplania. We have some bonus episodes up for you. We're going to have more content. We put up the explainer sheets for this. Join our Discord. All that, if you would like to. And if not, keep listening, because that's also cool, too. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, WrestleSplania, WrestleSplania at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.